0: To bonus episode of There Will Be Dungeons, this is for the month of June, twenty twenty one. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo. No, Bo's not here. <laughs> I don't want to make anybody sad, but Bo, <laughs> Bo's not here. Uh, but listen, we got John and we got Kristen, we got Kyle, and the spirit of Bo is always here. And uh, we're going to answer your questions. Yes, those hard hitting, long sought after answers uh, that you've all been collecting, or the questions for those answers you've been collecting all this time. And we're here to do it. Thank you for your support. That's why we do it. So let's get right to it. Kristen's got a whole list. Let's get started. What do you got?
1: All right. The first one is about a VR RPG that's coming out. And wondering, have we all looked at Demio? I think it's pronounced D-E-M-O. Yeah,
0: it's Demio, right? I think so. Demio. Um, I have. Uh, So they're also making, they're going to make a version of it just for desktop uh, use as well. Um, so you don't have to have VR to play it, but currently it's on the, uh, Oculus store for both quest one and two and is available on steam as well for various steam VR, including the quest. You can play it on there. Um, the steam version will automatically just sort of convert to a, do you want to play this in VR or normal or, you know, just desktop mode and it'll do either one, but having played with it, um, we did it for a, a uh, what do you call it? A, a charity drive. We did a couple of weeks ago and, uh, because my quest took a dump, I wasn't able to play, so I was just sort of shot calling for the game. But we had three other people in there playing, and it's awesome. I mean, it's it's basically a co-op slay the spire mechanically underneath everything. Um, but the game itself is very sort of D D, turn based. You have certain spells, that's card you know, the cards are kind of what your spells are. So you're collecting certain cards and then using them in the right moments or whatever. But the encounters are really interesting in the world itself. You're sort of zooming into to a tabletop construct uh, with your little character pieces. They're all animated in there. But on the outside of the construct, it looks like you're in some basement. You know, there's like a TV in the corner and old furniture off to the side or whatever. So they're really going for that look. It's really, really cool. Um, might be something fun for us to just play once when we're like, hey, we're going to take a you know, a week off and do this weird thing, but we'll probably wait until desktop version so we don't have to all be VR. It is the kind of game where I think the VR is really novel to it and kind of cool, but it's it's not necessary um, to, ha- I think, have a good time with it. So anyway, that's probably more than you expected, but Demi is pretty neat.
1: Awesome. Next question. I uh, Thank you all for putting in such... put Putting... T- All right, let's try this again. Thank you all for putting in such an awesome show. Though I desperately miss Boa. I'm really enjoying the new format. I have a question for Scott. Have you ever grown potatoes? I've been growing them for years now, and I love them. The most surprising part of growing them is the beautiful foliage and delicate purple flowers. I would be happy to offer Splenderville any advice, and uh, I have as he pursues his dreams.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Well, thanks, Wes? No, not once. my wife has though she has a whole box of these things in the garage right now that are just in a box in the open air growing um like little buds, i guess or what not eyes, but whatever that is potatoes where they just start to they start to grow whether you put them in the ground or not, and she's got them going to a certain point where they're when those are at a certain length, then she puts them in the ground, and supposedly that makes things better. they also last forever so you know, any old potato, uh, can kind of become a new, a new crop of potatoes if you do, if you do it right. But I don't know a thing about it. (laughs) I like potatoes, I guess, but I don't know anything, which is partly why, you know, it's fun to do with Splendor Belt because to me, it's a foreign concept and it's more fun to play with something I don't really understand and, and have him be just a little bit, you know, wide eyed about it. Um, even though I don't know Jack about, I don't know Jack about it. Does anyone else here make? has anyone else planted and grown a potato in their life? Like John, is that, is that something you've tried? No, never. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's it was it it seemed like the thing to do at the time, but it does not. Let's put it this way: it's like those people that always say, "I'm not a real doctor, but I play one on TV." It's like that. I don't know what I'm doing. Potatoes, no idea
1: question <laughs> to the dm kill Mary, one nighter splendor belt grinkeeper co <laughs> Well, they really
0: pg that up with the one nighter nice jobs mm-hmm. yeah good job <laughs> i guess yeah uh,
2: uh i guess i'd marry co cuz he's dependable i mean look at all he's doing for his family you know that's true He's I'm not sure. around much, but you know he—he's he, doing his best. He's making—he broke out of a tough situation with the Cloven Brotherhood. You know he's doing better. He—he he put that life behind him. So, Mary Coe, As for killing Splendor Belt or Grinkeeper <laughs> uh, 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 I don't know.
0: I mean, you could include another option.
2: You, isn't great either.
0: You can put an NPC in there or something. Make it easier for you, maybe. I don't know. If you had to, like, you know, you could kill the little kobold from today's episode and then, <laughs> you know, one nighter with, uh, with Splendor Belt seems like a natural fit. Or not Splendor Belt, Grinkeeper is what I meant.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to let the dice decide. All right, here we go. Here okay. we go. Wait. Oh, no. Odds, uh, odds, I kill Splendor Belt. Okay. <laughs> All right, killed Splendor Belt and one nighter with Grinkeeper. Perfect.
1: That's Perfectly a good set. answer. Yeah. Next question: Did you homebrew the crab controls? Also, can you recommend a good resource for ship sailing? My group of new players may soon be in a chase with some very disgruntled pirates, and I want to have a fairly easy system in place for that.
0: Oh, so that I, was- I had the same question about your crabs, by the way. Like, I have no <laughs> idea how you jump with
1: that.
2: Ah. <laughs> uh. The Apparatus of the Crab. Uh, It is actually pre-made. This is part of the, you know, because I'm using it all in online databases. I think this was in one of the other books, not the main Dungeon Master book. Mm. Oh, no, it's a Basic Rules. It's actually a Basic Rules thing, which is awesome because this thing's been around since I've known D&D. Because I remember seeing the picture of it and the one I posted there in the Discord was from 3rd Edition. So I was really stoked to see that the Apparatus of the Crab uh, has a different name in the past, too. It was like the Apparatus of Kalosh or, or oh, wow.
0: Kowalish. <laughs> oh, really?
2: Yeah, back in, but Gary Gygax gave everything like a weird name.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: So it's been around for a very, very long time. All the levers are in there in the basic rules. So I just took them straight out of that. But I would recommend for your upcoming boat thing do that, like label all the ropes, all what the wheels do, the port and the aft and all that sort of thing, make it kind of like we did it here where we did it once. And then we said, okay, we're proficient, we're done. Because making them pull the levers the whole time gets old, it gets tiresome, it's very exhausting on you and the DM to actually keep track of it. And it's way easier to make them learn how to sail a boat in a vacuum situation where they're just like leaving the port and maybe they crash into the dock or something like that and that's fun and hilarious but once you get into combat nobody wants to deal with those rules anymore
0: yeah that's true i thought you handled all that stuff really well that all felt just natural and i I will admit i was intimidated at first and was really glad not to be driving i think in the end it turned out to be cool it was a good mechanic i worried about nothing is what i'm saying
1: I have something related to that before. In Season 2, Episode 7, the characters used what seemed to be an apparatus of Qualish. As a kid playing 2nd edition D&D, this wondrous item really captured my imagination, but I never got to use one in-game. Is there a magical or wondrous item you really want your character to have? If so, do you have plans for how you want to use it?
3: I mean, I, so Kyle's world is kind of interesting because he um basically is like, "Hey, here's a magic store. You tell me what you want, you buy it." Um so if you if you want it, uh the options there whether you can afford it or not, you know, that's that's really the hurdle. And so um on one hand, it means you kind of, you know, you don't have that. Boy, I I hope Kyle somehow secretly knows this weird thing that I'd love to have. And magics, magics it into the game and I get it. Um, on the other hand, you know, I think some of the fun is discovering like what you can do with a magic item. So I would say going back to uh, the Wasteland campaign, when I got the immovable rod, I was like, you know, I thought it was cool, but I had no idea all the ways I was going to end up using that thing. And that thing was amazing. I'm still heartbroken that it's gone. So I, I'm all about the immovable rod. It's my favorite thing
0: <laughs> in the whole, in the history of D and D John, it's and the really good. Rod. Yeah.
3: It's really good.
0: Yeah. I can't think of anything in particular. I guess I, I would say from, from an organizational standpoint, I do like how, how Kyle is running these seasons Um, because it is like, we've kind of got a town store or, you know, kind of a town base of operations So we get our quest from there. We gear up there. We meet the people we need to primarily to get where we need to go and all that. And I like that. There's something to be said, though, for bumping around lots of strange, weird places and then just happening across a weapon that, you know, in in Bo's case, he stashed under something and none of us knew it was going to happen. Like, that's also very cool. Um, But, you know, we had some of that tonight with that gold sword and our attempt to make a better candle and all of that. Like... I think you can mix and match, but I, but there is something grounded about knowing that when we get back to town, I can get better stuff if I've got the cash. And I like that. Maybe it's the video gamer in me, but I like that sort of thing.
2: I've always wanted to do a campaign based around the rod of dragons. It was in that damn movie with Jeremy irons. It's kind of lame, but this has now become the orb of dragon kind, or there's always some sort of version in it of D and D basically, you get an orb, whether it be a red orb or a gold orb or some sort of color orb that then allows you to control all dragons of that kind. And it's just a great set piece.
0: Agreed.
1: Awesome. Uh, to throw my hat in there, it was the hand of Vecna, to be honest. That was always a thing I thought was so cool. So for it to show up in the wastes there was amazing. Uh, Yeah, that's, uh, yeah i just like the lore and everything behind vecna yeah uh let's see hey twbd crew og listener and first time writing in my question is how much prep either on kyle Bos end or as a group goes into the campaign intros by intros i mean the short period where all the characters are introduced and enter the stage Does the DM plan it all out and the players are kind of in on it so they know their cue? It always falls into place so naturally. Thanks for all of the hours of entertainment and hope to be listening for many seasons to come.
0: Great question for people who are, I mean, we hear constantly people going, I'm going to start my own campaign and you guys are kind of the model for it. And, you know, how do you do this and that? This is a great one of those, man. So, Kyle, what, what do you what do you say there? I mean, there's always the
2: classic tavern. Uh, what I did for this campaign is what I prefer to do nowadays, uh, particularly in this like time-based format where it's a show and it needs to get done and certain things need to happen within a set amount of time. The You're already on the road. You don't really know each other, but it doesn't matter because you all have a common goal. Let's go. Uh, whereas Bose was much more of the sandbox style, which I think most home games have where there's not a strict time limit per se for each adventure each day. And you just sort of, are brought together and forced to sit in a room with each other until you eventually get the quest. And there's versions of this, right? Like your hometown is under attack by goblins. You defend the goblins. Everyone stumbles through their first combat. And then the town leader says, you three, four, however many people there are, are clearly the people we need. You must venture to our sister town and do X and Y. Nice. Nice. I think that um, it's all improvised. So to your question about are they in on it? Yes. All players have to accept the fact that they have to at least in some regard like each other enough to play D&D. Yeah. And the same
3: That's
2: thing fair. happens later if you add a player later on particularly if they've already like saved the world once or twice or something like that. And you're like, Hey, you know, my friend or, Oh, we, you know, we have this new girlfriend or whatever. She wants to join the table. It's like, okay, everyone here, please accept that. We're not going to be total crabs about this. This new person. Yes. Didn't save the world with us, but they're an actual human sitting at the table and we have to let them in.
1: Next question goes back to our beginning characters. First, first ever characters. Hey guys, I just found a D&D starter pack and I bought it to play with my kids and family. And as I started to create our first characters, it made me wonder, what was your first D&D character, if you can still remember, and how long did you play them before you learned to balance them out better or replace them from scratch? Uh,
0: for me, it was a guy named, it was a character named Roger. And or, I'm sorry, Bob um <laughs> it doesn't matter really but uh, yeah it was bob um and it was a it was a ranger and it was forever ago and i remember nothing else it was like i was 18 17 something like that and i'm or maybe younger but i just remember not i remember at the time i didn't know anything i just thought it was cool and i thought it was funny to name him something average like bob that's all I remember about uh, mine.
3: <laughs> I, my first one was a... It was fourth edition, was the first time I ever played Dungeons and & Dragons, and I played a rogue shifter named Kirith. I don't remember what his last name was, but he could turn into a werewolf when he got bloodied, which I thought was the coolest thing in the world. And uh, I, he was a rogue, but... I, I eventually, uh, by begging the DM, I switched him to a monk because the DM and I and it's okay because we're friends but we fought constantly about how stealth worked in that game um, I don't know, now I feel like the stealth rules are pretty easy but I don't know if 4th edition was different or if we just were all a lot dumber to the rules at the time, but there was a lot of, like, what do you mean he can see me? I'm clearly hidden. What are you talking about? And a lot of arguments, and finally I was like, look, I don't do any damage unless I'm hidden, so I don't want to play a rogue. It's not fun. (laughs) So I switched him to a monk, and yeah, 4th edition was okay. It wasn't the best.
2: I played at (laughs)
3: camp and
2: it was one night and i was a druid and i don't remember his name but his name was my wolf's name was amadeus and i don't remember like the, anything like the, about it like but the music thing awesome. were you like
0: a big music fan of of uh of amadeus mozart or were you like <laughs> or whatever his name is or were you like into the movie or what was the deal
2: uh, it was the it was the movie where it's all about the other guy. Is that called Amadeus? I think it is. Yeah, it's called Amadeus. That's, yeah,
1: that's the one. Yeah. That's
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd seen that with my dad before I went off to camp. So whatever year that was, I went to camp and yeah. there were some dudes playing D and D, and I'm like, oh snap! You know, I'm not allowed to play this at home. I'm totally gonna play D and D. And then when I got back home, I started joining like a four year campaign that we did all through high school. Nice. I'm not
0: allowed to play. Let's go.
1: someone pulls out their hidden bag of dice yeah they got some back alley that's right i fall into the same category with john my first the first one i really remember was a fourth edition tiefling warlord named carrie and she wanted a red dragon that was her sole purpose in life (laughs) <laughs> did eventually she eventually <laughs> found a red dragon egg and then the campaign ended and the story went on. She went on to have a kingdom riding her red dragon and bringing back the Tiefling Empire. So kind of similar <laughs> to uh, Hope a little. It. I did not mean for that to happen, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, that kind of just... That was more Bo, but he would, probably didn't know he was channeling that old story.
1: No, did, not at all. Did, I, I don't remember ever telling Bo about that. Did you
0: have... um uh. Like tonight, we're talking about a red dragon. Did did all did any of that make you go "ooh"? Where's his egg, or you know, whatever?
1: (laughs) Um, not the egg so much because then you'd have to roll to make it like you. But to ride a red dragon into battle, oh, that's so cool.
0: Pretty cool, yeah. I would agree. Yeah.
1: A silly question for you all. What Smash Brothers character do you think your Wastes campaign and Delver's campaign characters would main? If you're not a Smash fan, what hero's character?
0: Oh, man. What would they main? Okay, Nash would main... I would never main him, but Nash would main Waluigi. Because Because Waluigi is the worst.
3: Is Waluigi even in Smash?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can fight with him. Isn't he?
3: No, I don't think so. Hold on. You're making that up. I'm going to look it up. He's not a character in Smash. He's Smash like a Brothers? trophy, maybe, or a skin. Hold on. Super. Smash There's no way he's on the roster.
0: Brothers Walla Ouija. Why won't this come up? Hold on. Okay. Uh, Ouija. Here we go. Is he in it? <laughs> I can't. He appears as an assist trophy. Really? He's, he's not in trophy. the game? Are you
3: kidding me? Yeah, all you, right. Yeah, they, they had to can't main something in that there. doesn't exist.
2: You, you gotta play a sword dude four.
0: I don't want to play a sword dude four. Right. Okay. Alright. That's ridiculous to me that he's not in there, and I hate him. I don't like him. But I can't believe he's not in there that's just that's that blows my freaking mind all right well i can't i can't think of anybody else uh maybe maybe uh just freaking something real dumb like dr mario
3: oh i know exactly who freaking uh, nash would be who who's the who's the other version of oh lucas oh he would be, <laughs> oh, really? be a lucas he, main. yeah yeah okay. because Lucas does all the moves as that other guy, yeah. but he hurts himself when he does it
0: yeah <laughs> you're right he's if kind he of a can't fire and stuff like that,
3: yeah, yeah, he's like Ness, but he injures himself when he's doing his spells, so
0: yeah there that, you go. that sounds about right who would who would Stanley main?
3: uh Stanley would probably be I've never played as this character, but I would guess probably a character like Robin one of the f- characters that does like magic and melee stuff cuz that's kind of where Stanley
0: It's kind of the world he lives into. in, yeah. Yeah.
3: Or I don't know, maybe Stanley would be like a Mewtwo, just like a bunch of magic from a distance <laughs> and he thinks he's cooler than he is and you know, you got that Damn. sort of thing going Opinion on. Can you not Mewtwo? I mean Mewtwo is cool. I think Mewtwo's cool. But Mewtwo thinks he's cooler than I think Mewtwo is.
2: Uh, I'm with you. My answer I'm not exactly proud of, but Varel would certainly be Donkey Kong. I don't think there's any getting around that. Oh, yeah. no, That sounds right.
3: (laughs) Not Bowser. Bowser would be so
2: good. Bowser's pretty cool. That's true. But there's a lot of shell business and a lot of, you know, like riding in the shell and shell slams. And just winding up the smash is kind of Varel's thing.
1: Yeah.
0: How about you, Kristen? What would you do?
1: Uh, Hope would definitely be a moody character, like Dark Samus or something. You know, because yeah. there's no joy in life or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> Grin Keeper would be someone knowing, like, Peach or Daisy. Yeah,
3: oh, yeah, I guess we right. should do our Delvers characters, too. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: What would you do? What would Ko end up?
3: He'd be Solid Snake. <laughs>
0: I forgot he's in it. How is Waluigi not in it, but he's in it? That's so dumb. These are the sins of our time. They truly are. Okay, then I'm going with, uh, I'd do Kirby because Splendor Belt would just find yeah. Kirby delightful. He'd be like, "Hey, he's round, he has a stupid face. He'd swallow other men, make the same powers as man he swallowed. Like he would be fascinated with that. That'd be him.
1: Uh, next question: With life slowly getting back to normal, does anyone plan to visit a gaming convention this year? Both Gen Con and Origins are happening in the fall. It would be great to meet up and maybe play a game together. Are they?
0: I didn't. I didn't hear that was confirmed. I guess it is. Gen Con in particular. I have no idea. Yeah, I thought the Gen Con thing was up in the air. I mean, the first one I'll probably attend will either be the one I throw because I was going to do Nerdtacular and couldn't, and now I'm irritated. Now I want to do it as soon as I can. But, um, if not that, then I don't know I actually really don't know, like I don't know, I don't know, I just think it's it's weird right now, and i and it's still not hundred percent perfect and if it's a if it's an event that needs or has an international audience, you're just kind of playing with fire because it's you know we're not we're not all equal in terms of vaccination rate and everything else, so it's all just real complicated, so you know when shows like um you know, BlizzCons don't have one. It's because they're a big international draw. And if you have it at Gen Con, it's probably because they're like, well, it's mostly U.S. and then we're okay. So I can understand that, but I don't know. I don't know. What would you guys see or go to first?
3: I don't know. I kind of feel like uh, conventions are still going to be a little bit of a wait for me uh, on account of Baby uh, still being so little but i mean i'm not opposed to it i mean i miss getting to see you all it was nice when it got to be a fun yearly thing yeah but uh i just don't know when that's gonna change again yeah yeah
0: i don't know it's a weird time like if he said if lizcom was this year i or if they were gonna do it i probably would i think i'd be going maybe Actually, I don't know. <laughs> I say this, but I really don't know. Like, I don't know. That's a lot of money is one thing. And also, I don't know. Blizzard's kind of in a weird place right now. So I'm, I'm not I'm not sure I want to necessarily go with the same gusto I used to. But I do really miss hanging out with people and seeing people and, and all that stuff. So I don't know. I think we just need to do another nerdtacular or we control everything and then, you know, then well I'd, we
1: are definitely there if yeah. there's an attack i don't know if
0: they'll be like i say when you know we can control everything but that's the thing is can we i mean i don't know like how much liability is one of these things in this post covid world i don't know probably a could lot it be more than, one of
1: those where if you attend it's at your own risk kind of a thing yeah
0: i mean i don't know if you have to have people like sign a thing that says that <laughs> or if they yeah i've just never had to deal with it before and uh so this is all new territory for me as someone who used to run a event every year. So I don't know, man, it's all a little crazy.
1: Uh, next question. When asked what other RPG you would like to play, everyone went for science fiction, but what about Deadlands? It's like the adventures of Briscoe County junior meets supernatural with a dash of the walking dead. While you can find D20 and gurps based rules for it, the classic rules fit the genre the best using poker chips and playing cards as part of the play. It could be a fun choice for a one-off.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds like my jam. I'd play that in a heartbeat. Never heard of it, though.
2: Oh, I've always seen this book when I go to, like, used bookstores and start going through all the RPG shop stuff. It's a cool... I mean, it definitely has the aesthetic that, you know, the original Waste campaign was going for. It's, It's always an interesting conversation when you get into other game types. I would even say it's a lot like the World of Warcraft conversation, right? Like it's, you start you start down that road and you're like, oh man, I, I totally want to play an MMO. And you're, oh, have you tried this one? Have you have you played this one? You gotta check out this one. And then we all kind of gravitate back towards the one we've all found comfort in, or is the largest. And I mean, that's that's up for debate with Final Fantasy at the moment. But you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I get it. I think that I mean that's WoW's yeah. biggest staying power is people. It's not that there aren't better experiences out there. And you could argue, argue that now more than ever, there are better ones out there. It's just, where have you spent the most time? Where are your memories? Where's your nostalgia? And where are your friends? And, you know, all that stuff plays a role.
3: And I'm by no means saying it's it's critical and this should be your only consideration or things like that. But especially when you have to worry about, you know, a show and you want to bring in people and all of that, there's something to be said about the ease at which d and Beyond allows us to do things that oh, yeah. gets a little trickier when it's like, okay, well now we want to do this other thing, but everybody's going to need to really read the books and really be on top of it. Cause there's not going to be a system that's going to do the roles for you or keep track of the stuff for you. Um, and that, that puts a lot on, you know, that puts a lot on the DM to have that knowledge. That puts a lot on Scott, who's trying to run the show at the same time. And, uh, so I think that's I think there's something to be said for the ease at which uh programs like D&D Beyond make D&D and yeah. I know there are some stuff like that for other RPGs but this is just it makes it so easy to get into. I think part uh, of what's fun about makes when, it when we were
0: like the in the case of the Waste, maybe more so it was us stretching that a little bit we were like yes this is D&D and yes these rules apply and these classes apply and everything but you know, we were willing to stretch that to make it feel like it was almost a whole different setting. And we did that with, you know, I can't remember, Kristen, but your your guns were the equivalent of something. What was it? Uh, maces or something. We used some of the rules from some other weapon um, to create these, these guns. Same thing with the car and all of its rules. And, you know, that stuff, I really liked how we took what John's saying, the simplicity of the system, the availability of the tools the general knowledge everybody has and then just play with the world in such a way that we are kind of stretching it to another place anyway like i'd i like that and i don't know if there's any way to do that in science fiction fully and still say use dnd beyond and you know there's a lot of that stuff that's deep in hard fantasy but um you know i would i would love to i would love just for us to stick to the rules but end up in other places more often like that that's a cool way to do it
2: Yeah, I I think everyone's of kind of two minds. There's so many options for tabletops that it's a very popular phrase in tabletop gaming. You say, stop trying to make D&D what it's not. You want to go play Zombie Apocalypse? Just go find one of these hundreds of Zombie Apocalypse games. And that is so damn true. And there's also like for what we do here, something like Monster of the Week is a system or Dungeon World. Mm -hmm. Those would like in our condensed format probably mechanically work better but you can't get past the D is
0: D. yeah yeah i mean as flexible as it is you kind of have that that's a problem like I, there were times i wish that i don't know the core team behind the D revisions and updates and you know additions and everything would throw their whole you know might and might into a science fiction plan um in the way that like what's what's the one for Pathfinder starfinder, I guess, um or it's you know sort of lifted from those rules but expanded for a science fiction setting like that'd be really cool, and then that'd be really cool if d and d Beyond put up a version of their page that supported that, and then we all just had all the tools we want, but I think John's point is a good one, and there's a reason these tools exist in such abundance for d and d because it is the prominent system, so you know. As much as I love the idea of some of these other systems, they, they take a ton of time to get your head around.
1: All right, last question. I know Kyle's DM has season. Uh, I know Kyle's DM has seasons. Has there been thought of perhaps doing a DM swap seasons at some point? Example: Kyle being DM for X time, uh, then swap to John for Z time, and then back to Kyle for season two.
3: what say you? sort of i mean we've kind of we've sort of talked about it i mean we kind of let anybody take the dm reins as they as they want i don't think we have any hard rules that say it has to be one way or the other um but part of what's nice about the seasonal format um and kyle can talk more about that too is that it it gives us a chance to kind of Stop and say, hey, where are we at with this? You know, is everybody happy? Is everybody doing what they want to do? You know, and theoretically, if we got to a spot where Kyle was like, guys, if I don't get to play d and I'm going to have you all fight a tarasque and you will not survive the encounter. Yes. And we go, okay, well, maybe now's a good time to switch up the DM and change it. So, uh, I, think, I think that's a benefit to what we're doing and I, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out.
0: Yeah. And if we get back to the waste with Bo, you know, at some point that gives the, you know us a chance to do that very thing and carry forward some of these seasonal ideas that we're, that we're experiment, experimenting with now and just kind of mix things up. I would love to dust garpoon off again. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I'd love that. Um, yeah. We're kind of open to whatever, man. No crazy hard rules here. We're just sort of having the fun we want to have and doing it kind of at the pace we think is good.
2: It's different too because back when D&D was exclusively meet in real people time, you would have a lot more people come and go. And now and I feel like we're discovering this with like a lot like Minecraft and all these other sort of games that they can just kind of go on forever unless we stop them. So the season format makes me contain what I want to do in this campaign. And then I can be like, okay, and that's that season. And if I wanted to completely change genres, we could do that too. This this one thing doesn't have to go on forever. We can
0: just change it up. Yeah. Yep. No rules. Our rules. We live by our rules, damn it.
1: Ow! <laughs> well,
0: there you go, everybody. Your questions answered. They were asked and answered in the same show. What a weird, crazy world we live in. Uh, but I can tell you this there'll be more of this next month and it would be because of your grand support of this project so please continue to and tell your friends if they want to get cool content like this it's the way to do it that's going to do it for us we'll see you in july with me Kristen, kyle and john again be safe and we'll see you then